with Siata Dishmaya and Hashem's help, let's continue with um, learning how to be in a world of total, total closeness to our Creator, to your Creator, to our Creator, and be in the Vegas to Him. So let's open up and find out. Let's talk about something. Let's talk about what makes us so special. What makes us so special, right? So did you ever wonder why you were born into your family, in your country, at this time in history? Did that ever dawn on you? You could have been born to an aristocratic family in France 200 years ago. You could have been born in South America to a family struggling to make a living. Was your birth meant to be the beginning of your destiny? Or was it an arbitrary random event? And so, unlike all other creatures God made, Man alone was given the breath of life, which we refer to as the soul, the neshama. It's nothing less than the breath of God. And so the Torah tells us that at the beginning of creation, man was created in God's image. And the Hebrew word for image is selim, which literally means shadow. So as God is a spiritual source in heaven, man walks in the image of God, shadowing him in all his ways. So in other words, Mankind is expected to reflect God's holiness in this world. And what we learn from the concept of the first man being born alone is that each of us, like Adam Arishon, who was truly unique, has a role in life that's special. So we each come into existence with a mission that only we can complete. As one great Hasidic Rebbe put it, your birthday is the day that God determined that the world would be incomplete without you being born so in other words the day that you were born made the world a more complete place because of the ultimate contribution that you're going to make to fulfill god's mission so our uniqueness is truly great the talmud highlights adam's realization that the world was created for me and though god so to speak made one mold for adam as the first man the faces of humanity are all different. So why didn't God start civilization with the creation of more than one man? Why didn't he simply clone Adam's offspring? And there's one response to both questions. The individuality and uniqueness of each of us. Hashem, God, wanted to teach us the important role that only we, only we as individuals can play in this world. Hashem started this world with one man to teach us that each man has the potential to build a world. And what's more is Hashem didn't want to create us like clones or robots with no distinguishing features. He wanted us to bring our uniqueness and individuality into this world, recognizing that each of us has a unique role to play in realizing his or her purpose in life. And this uniqueness and individuality find expression and the research on identical twins. The National Forensic Science of Technology Center states that no two people have ever, ever been found to have the exact same fingerprints, including identical twins. Why do you like that? So you often go through life in what seems to be a haphazard manner. Things happen to us or we meet people that we had not planned to meet and there seems to be no rhyme or reason. Just coincidence or happenstance. So if Hashem wanted us to complete our mission in life, why doesn't he just come out and tell us what they are? 
So the answer to this question is found in the Torah commentary of the Ramban. In reality, God does not send each of us out into the world without his personal concern for our welfare, hashgaha, and is behind the scenes efforts to make certain events happen, bashert. God did not abandon us to find the way to fulfill our mission on our own. While he gives each of us freedom of choice to know right and wrong through the Torah, he follows us closely and provides us with signposts, directions, defining the true path in this world. And when we meet an individual at a, at a gathering and we hit it off, we often think to ourselves, what a wonderful coincidence. Our meeting wasn't planned. And we never had that, that and we never had that like met before. Yet after that encounter, you came to the realization that that meeting had a profound effect, a, a profound effect on both of you. And this meeting was, was truly bashert, meant to be. So who orchestrated it? Hashem, God, and behind the scenes miracle, the powerful words of the Ramban is, the, and from the great public miracles, a person can also acknowledge hidden miracles, which are the foundation of the entire Torah. A person does not have a share in the Torah of Moshe, our teacher, until he believes until he believes that all of the things and events we encounter are all miracles and they cannot be explained as natural or expected occurrences, whether which regard to the many or to the individual. And that God orchestrates events behind the scenes and often directs us towards life's mission is evident from the book of Esther. It's a truly mysterious story. Think of the unusual a cycle of events that led up to the hidden miracle of Purim. When Haman, Haman influenced King Ashaverosh to destroy the Jews, Esther was perhaps the only one in a position to convince the king to change the decree. And at that critical time, when the fate of the Jewish people hung in the balance, Mordechai sent the following immortal message to Esther. For if you remain silent at this time, relief and rescue will arise for the Jews from elsewhere. And you and your father's household will perish. And who knows whether it was just for such a moment as this, you attained the kingdom. And Mordechai is telling Esther at this critical moment in her life that the lives of all the Jews in the kingdom, Esther is the moment, this is the moment that you were born for. You can use your influence to change the fate in the future of our people. Take advantage of this moment. Should you refuse, you and your family will perish and you will have failed in your mission in life. As for our people, rescue will arise for the Jews from somewhere else from elsewhere. So why was Mordechai so certain that God will never abandon the Jewish people? And so the conviction that God truly cares about us and our welfare is reflected in the root of one word. One word. Pachad. This Hebrew root is unusual because it has several different meanings. And yet they're all connected. For example, in the Torah, God remembers Sarah. This is the enumeration of the items of the Mishkan. In, Hebrew, in modern Hebrew, a commander is referred to as, as uh, someone who often issues a command, right? At birth, God gives a newborn a neshama, a soul for safekeeping. And each neshama has a mission that only he or she can fulfill. So if we were to link all these related words together, we would arrive at an amazing sequence about our lives and missions here on earth. God blows into each of us the breath of life as part of his very essence. 
but it's only to give it it's only given to us for safekeeping while we're here in this world while we're here in this earth we know that eventually we have to return to him and we pray that we will restore it to him in a state of purity the same way that we received it and this sentiment is captured in the words of the morning prayer my god the neshama that you entrusted to me is pure and each, each, each and every single one of us has a special assignment, a mission, a mission that only we can fulfill. And so as we go through life, we need direction and we are blessed that we have a commander who leads us in the proper way by issuing directives to enable us to observe his commandments. And there are times during the year when the commander reviews all his soldiers to determine their future assignments in both our Rosh Hashanah and holiday liturgy we use we use these terms okay as a recollection of our deeds and remembrance of our mission on earth and at these critical moments when we reach out to god to favor us we ask him not only to consider our past deeds but to help us realize our future aspirations but as for me may my prayer to you my master be in a favorable moment while we are alive we pray that we will experience those favorable moments before our mission on this earth is over. So we hope that one day we'll return our souls to him and holiness and purity and God will say to us, mission accomplished. So I hope that gives us a little bit of clarity on, on what is really, why, why are we so special? Because we have a thing, we have things to do in this world. Hashem gave us, gave us a mission. Okay, and so now I want to talk about how we integrate with Hashem. How we integrate with Hashem, okay, is called His, His Kalelus. And so, once you have really attained the feeling, and we discussed this in our previous lessons about practicing over and over again, that Hashem is right there, right next to you, and you're going to start to talk to Hashem in the second person as you. Okay, so I hope you've already mastered that before you are listening to this shiur. Because again, as you know, if you want your life to change and you want to live a different life, which your life will never be the, the same again, then you have to master these concepts and you have to understand and know it well before you move on to the next lesson because you're only doing a disservice to yourself. So that being said, again, and if you just joined the group, then go to trusthashem.org and start from lesson number one. It's so important that you internalize every single one of these shiurim and you do not move forward in any of these lessons until you have done so. And so you owe that to yourself because this is why we're here. And so once a person, once you are really, you, are, you attain that feeling that your Hashem is right next to you, then your avodah is to attain hishkalelus, in the infinite and as it says i am his which is a deeper form of avoda is to cause all the creation to be mishkalel in him in a general sense this avoda has three phases okay so three phases so the first phase is the perception from deep in the soul that the created being is so to speak part of hashem as it says for hashem's portion is his nation hazah has also said hashem and israel are one and the creation is like a snail whose shell is part of his body. And there's other many statements of this nature, all of which point to the death of this concept that the creation is, so to speak, part of him. Blessed be his name. And so although many great people have tried to explain the death of this concept by employing various different terms, ultimately it's all a secret and it's beyond the grasp of, you, of, 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 of a created being. So just as the infinite cannot be grasped, 
so so can one not grasp that which is part thereof so to speak think deeply about this this should be adequate for one with understanding okay so therefore the way to attach yourself to this extent is not through intellectual understanding and mental clarification but through total emunah and bitahon and hashem and the words of hazal when you attach your thought to this concept very often without attempting to understand with just simple emunah and the concept and you articulate it with your mouth so that this concept is regularly on your mind and tongue you will merit to be integrated at this level and you will feel that you are part of hashem so to speak and so i have to repeat we must repeat and warn that you may not try to understand this intellectually because it cannot be understood at all okay it cannot if your heart runs in order to understand this return to your place return to your place and this affirms the need for simple emuna in the concept until it sinks through the feelings of the heart it's not it's not through rational thought not through that at all and we, we spoke about that and we're going to continue to speak about that until you get it you cannot intellectualize this it's impossible okay so the second phase which is higher than the first phase that we just talked about concerns you're removing all thought about your sense of self so during the first phase you're involved with your eye but you but you don't deal with it as something separate there is me and there is the creator and i am close and attached to the creator rather you feel i am part of him so to speak so there's an involvement with the self but this is the self that is part of hashem so to speak so the second phase there is no involvement at all with the self other than the extent to which the torah requires it but only with hashem so at any time you begin to think about yourself whether about a positive or negative quality you possess whether of greatness or lowliness you know you should take your mind off the matter and return to connect your thoughts to hashem you should only deal with yourself as required to fulfill the torah and make a daily spiritual accounting for a specific period of time other than that you should not deal with the self at all but only with your creator do you understand that's that's the second phase and in the deeper sense ignoring the self includes ignoring all created beings because they are a large manifestation for of the self since the world is a microcosm rather you will be involved only with the creator you will think of the created beings only as needed in order to do acts of kindness and such and in this stage you are you're not attentive to your eye rather the essence of your soul is absorbed with hashem through regularly shifting your thoughts from the creations to hashem and not thinking about them but about hashem you escape from attachment to the created world in general and to the self in particular and you have the privilege to be integrated with hashem and this level is higher than the vekas because with the vekas there is an eye that cleaves to hashem but on this level you're not involved with the eye but only with hashem and this is hishkalelus material things exist based on the perception of man the recipient of hashem's kindness when the recipient is not involved with the thing it's as if it doesn't exist so when a person removes his thoughts from the self and thinks only of the creator there is no self 
Understand this, for these words are very, very, very deep. Understand this very, very well. When a person removes his thoughts from the self and thinks only of the Creator, there is no self. There is no self. And so the second phase has two parts. Number one is contemplating the greatness of the Creator, His actions and so on. And number two, thinking about His essence. Here, there can be no contemplation, but only simple thought about the existence of the Creator. And this is a higher level than the first because when you, when you attach your thoughts in this manner constantly, the principle that you are wherever your thoughts are can be applied. You're absorbed in the object of your thought. And so when you think only of the existence of the Creator, so to speak, you're actually integrated in Him. And this discussion should suffice for, a, for, for one who understands. You should realize that this state requires you to divest yourself of complex thought and become united with the Shem. And the third phase is an attachment to the concept of there is literally nothing other than Him, which is the forum Ahgadoshim discussed. Study their words, which will suffice for one who understands. All our words about being Mishkalel in Hashem have been written with extreme brevity. The outstanding ones in the generation who seek total perfection will need a longer and more detailed explanation. But we've, we've, we, we have only come to expose a spark, just a spark of this great light. As Azal said, the master of the palace looked at him. And this comment will suffice for one who understands. And so, if Hashem will give us the opportunity, we're, we're going to continue to expand Bezat Hashem on, on, on these topics. So this is pretty deep. And I hope you understand this very, very well. And um, and we'll continue Bezat Hashem, Bezat Hashem with, with, with these lessons. Bezat Hashem. And I just want to mention something here. That as we've been mentioning throughout this whole Bavavi Mishkan Evne, that the principles that have been discussed are all based on in the inner wisdom of the Torah. All of this that we are talking about, everything that we're talking about, that we're discussing, it, it's it's all based on the inner inner wisdom of the Torah. It's not an ordinary intellectual analysis or anything have to do with anyone's personal feelings. Okay, so when we move on to the next shiur and the next lesson, we're going to elaborate on these principles again as well as with practical applications for our avodah. And so this part is really a broader commentary of the principles that we've been studying earlier from the first lessons. And may Hashem enable that these ideas to be accepted in the hearts of, of anyone who seeks truth. And may those seekers, which is you, because you're here learning this, okay, merit palpable closeness to Hashem at all times. Baruch Adonai Leolam Amen Ve Amen.